0: to the doghouse i'm diana and i'm david it's riverdale season 5 episode 18 chapter 94 next to normal refusing to accept what's going on around her alice creates an imaginary musical fantasy world in which the coopers are one big happy family again veronica and archie make a big decision about their future it's the dreaded musical episode dreaded's not a good word for it though you know everyone seems to be why do they always do this and oh i love it when they do it's It's. i think a, a pretty even split and i am very pro musical episode when it's done to help tell your story i'm fine with it i could care less
1: whether you decide to do it but if you're gonna do it you had best do it to where it actually serves a purpose
0: which they definitely did when they did heather's Yes. That was a, the perfect store musical to use to fuel the story that they had going on. Last year's Hedwig was a very poor choice even though we got one of the best scenes in Riverdale ever. It wasn't worth using that musical to tell those stories, but this one is perfect for what they're doing and they set it up properly. They set it up before we got to this episode and then in episode They gave us a reason for why this is happening when it comes to Alice.
1: They planned this ahead of time. And boy, howdy, isn't it amazing how much they can do when they're not lazy and they plan things
0: ahead of time? Yes, this is something that they clearly had an idea for and they were able to write specifically to it. And they just haven't they didn't have that for a lot of other things we've seen. So this was really well done. And it moves the story along. So it's not a filler episode. It's not a standalone episode like the Josie episode. It's like, no, this, this moves our characters forward the way they need to be. So I'm, I'm very pleased with it. Again, they're they're doing next to normal. Uh, it's not a show that I've seen. I know a little bit about it. But I will say this episode makes me want to go listen to the actual cast album. Yep. So we start the episode at the White Worm and the whole crew is there. They're rallying around Betty and just kind of asking what's going on. And we find out that Cheryl has taken in the twins for a couple of days. And she talks about how like they've hung a bird feeder in the backyard and the kids ask about their mother and they look forward to her visiting. Then we get a little bit of acknowledgement from Tony being like, that's beautiful, Cheryl, which is sweet. Mm -hmm. And we find out that Alice is not doing well. And I really like that Jughead's the one who asked this because then Betty it's, it's, there's just like this knowing moment between them. Because remember when Charles went to jail, Jughead was like, your poor mother. uh huh. And they, he, he lived in that house. Like Alice was like a surrogate mom to him when him and Betty were together. It's true. Um. So I, I like that Jughead got to ask that question. And so Betty's talking about how like all she does is listen to the next normal album. They're like, what's that? We don't know, which is great. This is a lovely thing for the audience who may not, because it's not a it's it's not a super big musical. But he explains what it is. It's about a family, and there was this one perfect day for Mother's Day that Alice and Polly and Betty went to New York and saw this, and it was great, and they had a wonderful time. So of course, this makes total sense that her mom, who is in the worst possible thing that could happen with a child. Is clinging to a happy memory. The happiest memory. I don't know if it's the happiest, but a happy memory that she can cling to. It's just the one that's sticking to her. Okay, great. I'm here for all that. So Betty explains what's going on with the family. And the family, you know, the mom is just kind of trapped in this other world, and one of her kids is dead. And Reggie goes, Geez, Betty, I swear, Charles Milton is killing it this season. His delivery of everything he does is all, he knows exactly what episode he's in and what he needs to do. And he is amazing.
1: He delivers it with the absolute, just re- pure reaction that a Reggie would have in that moment. He's still very somber about the whole he, thing.
0: He, he is, but it's still like, this is fucked up. That's what his geez Betty says.
1: It's an involuntary reaction, like yes. a gut reaction to that statement of like, you know, this is your life in a musical.
0: Sure. And so then we go to the Cooper house and we see Alice. And this is in her head, she's vacuuming, and she looks very, you know, 1960s. And this reminds me a lot of Alice, season one to a degree.
1: Delusional housewife Alice.
0: A little bit. And she's, you know, she's cleaning up her house and she's talking about her family. She's singing this song. And in Pops. now we knew Tiara would be back as Polly I did not know because I you know I don't typically look at the cast too much and I hadn't seen anything that Wyatt Nash was going to be back as Charles and I loved it and it's perfect
1: that was so fun
0: she's lost so much and this like the way he's playing it it's all cheeky is adorable I love it that like so they come into the house and you know they're just all singing around mom and they're just so happy and then betty comes in and she's also so happy and it's just very cute and then there's the line that says doesn't kill me doesn't kill me starts skipping on the record player and that snaps alice out of her her world and we see it's very grim and very dark and she's clearly not okay and betty's there and she's just like the record was skipping and uh Uh, uh, okay, I'm going to clean up a little bit. So it's bleak.
1: Alice just immediately goes, I'm going to go take a nap. I'm tired.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, whoa. Okay. But also makes total sense. Yes. Total sense. I'm in. I buy this. Then we head on over to Pembroke and Archie and Veronica are talking and they're just, you know, sad about, you know, what's going on with the Coopers. And then Veronica wants to talk with Archie about their relationship. And he's like, okay. And she's like, I think we should move in together. I We lost seven years. I don't want to lose any more time. And Archie's like, really? Okay. I, I didn't. I'm surprised you're okay with living with roommates, <laughs> which is very, very much. You're such a dude. <laughs> and Veronica's like, oh, I thought we'd leave here because she's a princess. Uh, and he's like, well. Honestly, my house has more room to grow into, which is kind of makes her go, oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like totally. And he's he's not wrong. If if they're going to get married, or they're going to have a family. His house makes more sense.
1: Except the fact that they both balked right at this moment and were like, well, we have different ideas. It was like, this should have been your first goddamn clue. This is not a great idea right this second.
0: But I'm fine with this because, again, this was this was a good breadcrumb. Yeah. this was. This was a good being like, oh, y'all already have different ideas about what living together means. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. Cause I'm like Veronica and Archie have the worst chemistry. They have none. <laughs> like they just they write them to have none.
1: In the weirdest way, they're acknowledging
0: that. Well,
1: and with what they do in this episode.
0: Well, and they this part of the relationship makes total sense. And we'll talk about it a little bit more later. But you know, I've seen some people on Twitter like complain about Veronica. And I was like, in this moment, this still makes sense for Veronica. It really does.
1: This is completely in character for sure.
0: Oh, sure. So they're going to they're going to give it a go. Uh, We come over to Principal Weatherby's office and he's talking with Tony. Tony's like, what's going on? Uh, We have a problem with Britta Beach. It's like, oh, is she okay?" And it's like, well, our janitor, Mr. Poppins found her in a closet under the stairwell. Lovely callback to Jughead living under the stairs at school. Of course. And, you know, Tony's just like, I I bet I can guess. And so then we cut to a scene with Miss Weiss, who is the same social worker we've had this whole time, which I love. It's great. Mm -hmm. And we find out that Britta's parents kicked her out. Uh, They blame her being gay on why she got kidnapped. Which is just god awful. Which is awful, but also very typical of some parents and i love that tony is just quick to be like that has nothing to do with anything like that's not okay and so they're trying to find a place for britta to go so cool told you britta was becoming more important like i called this shit oh yeah Uh uh-huh so now we go back to the cooper house and alice is looking at photos and betty comes down and says she's going for a run do you want to come with me she's like no and betty tells her mom that she needs to start moving on now We don't know what the timeline is between when they found they discovered that Polly is officially dead and now. So I feel like without that information, this line feels wrong, because as far as I can tell, it looks like it's probably been five or six days. The
1: acceleration of it is a bit much like that's one of the big things that's glaring out on this. Mm -hmm. I think they're hoping we assume that it's been more than that that it's been a while
0: which is fine but I needed a line that's like it's just been like the last two weeks has been nothing but this or like the last month or whatever it is you need to set a time frame because this just looks like Betty wants her mom to just get over it already and that's not good you either need to establish how long it's been so it's been a while Or you take this line out.
1: The only clue they give us is how much trash is buried in the living room. Yeah. And like just looking at that alone, I'm like, well, maybe I could infer, you know, three or four weeks. Yeah. Just because of how much stuff they piled up in the set dressing. But they never say it. And that just doesn't work when we're dealing with a 45 minute show. (laughs)
0: And the house was starting to fall apart when Polly went missing. So. I don't know. just—they need to establish a timeline. And so Alice is looking at this photo album and talking about their trip to the Catskills, and she sings this, this song about missing the mountains. While Betty is singing about missing her mom, and it's—it's it's just beautiful. And Lily's voice is absolutely perfect for every song they gave her.
1: Yeah, the only other reason things get rushed is that they are trying to massage the scene into the song.
0: But again, just remove that line. Fair. Like it could, they could have changed it to "Mom, I really think you need to get out. I, you need to, you need to do something other than stay in this house." They just, just change the line. That's that's the only problem because I didn't feel like the scene was rushed. Alice just isn't paying attention to her, and Betty's worried about her mom. And then we sing the song, and I love it that it ends with Alice singing "I miss the mountains" and Betty singing "I miss my mother, I miss my life," mm-hmm. and that's what we close in on. Before we get our Riverdale, like it's it's really beautiful. Like yeah. they framed that so well. We're gonna be
1: broken records when it comes to all the musical sequences with Alice and Betty. It every single one, it's just like, yep, nailed it. Uh huh, nailed yep. it. Yep. <laughs> like
0: um, they they definitely nailed those. We go over to Pops and Tabitha's parents are there, and they're assholes. <laughs> oh, they're
1: the fucking worst.
0: They want to go to dinner, and Tabitha's like. Hey, let's have dinner here. To which they're like, "Absolutely not!" But you grew up here, yeah, which is why I ran away as fast as humanly possible. So they're going to go to the fancy Italian restaurant, Cucina Sacasa, which <laughs> is like, okay, great. Like I
1: like this pull. Yeah, you're going to the mob restaurant.
0: You're the mob restaurant.
1: How much do you want to bet her dad is doing business there on the side? That's why they're going.
0: Uh, yep, yeah, I have that as a note later. Mm-hmm. So Tab is like, "Great!" And then she turns and is like, "Hey, Jughead, does that work for you?" And her dad's like, "Why does your busboy need to come with us? Oh, he's my boyfriend.
1: <laughs> Jughead's just like, uh-huh.
0: "Yes." I mean, <laughs> yes, he, I am. <laughs> you had him at free food. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: he's he's gonna find a way to make this work no matter what. But
0: <laughs> so we we cut to after they leave, and Jughead's like, "Um, so like that's fine." But you could also just ask me to be your boyfriend. Like
1: for
2: real.
0: (laughs) But she's like, I need a buffer. And the timing's just not right for us. To which Jughead starts the song. And he's just like, there's no such thing as perfect time. Especially
1: in fucking Riverdale.
0: And so they sing this song about being perfect for each other. Which is very, very well done. Cole's got a great voice. The problem with this scene (laughs) is that... Cole Sprouse cannot do this presentation style of acting, which is what is required when you are doing a musical, when you are singing your lines. He needs business. They needed to be cleaning up and doing stuff, washing dishes, passing things back and forth. So it was more of a conversation. Cole can do that, but this he cannot do.
1: Cole Sprouse is not a stage actor. Nope. (laughs) Not even a little bit. He knows how to act for the camera.
0: And that's not shitting on Cole Sprouse. No, because later when he has business and he's singing, it works really well. (laughs) It it works. It works just
1: fine. And I honestly don't hate the fact that there are moments where Jughead singing is awkward because Jughead's awkward.
0: It depends on the song. Yeah. Because remember, when he did Hedwig... And he's sitting there and he's singing at his typewriter. It works great. Now, I didn't think his voice was good for that song, but his performance was good. Yeah. it's And it's, and it's the business. Yeah. So then we cut back to the Cooper house and Alice is playing a piano with Betty and Polly. And it's clearly in her mind. And it's just very silly. And Betty comes down the stairs, real Betty comes down the stairs and she sees her mom and she's just like, unbelievable. And so then Alice kind of like snaps out of it a little bit and comes back. And she's like, where did the piano come from? Oh, I ordered it on Glamazon. Okay. To which my brain instantly goes to Glamazon.com, which is a Mike Birbiglia joke. If you're not familiar with Mike Birbiglia, please go look him up. He's an amazing comic. Alice talks about having, you know, do you remember when I gave you lessons and you loved them so much? And Betty is just ignoring this. She's like, hey, our uh, team Veronica invited us over for dinner tonight. Let's go do that and Alice says no i'm making polly's favorite meatloaf will you join us and Betty's just like okay i have to go pick something up first
1: she's trying bless her heart like she's at the point so far where she's like i wish my mother would pull out of this but i'm going to just write it out cuz hopefully she'll just get past it
0: mm-hmm. we cut over to the andrews house and it's veronica sitting down cordon bleu for Frank Jughead and Archie, and she starts talking about Ina Garten, and they have no idea what she's talking about. Like, <laughs> and the way the the boys acted this was so great. It's like y'all are almost feral because you have been alone. Y'all have just been around each other for too long.
1: Uh huh. They're all just like, eh, yeah,
0: get, okay, lady, what, whatever.
1: What? <laughs> There's food. Can we eat?
0: <laughs> exactly. And so <laughs> phone rings. There's a fire off Maine, and Archie and Frank have to go. And they leave and Veronica's definitely not happy. And Jughead's sitting there and he's just like, I'm going to go eat in the garage. And as soon as he picks up, Veronica just goes, sounds good. (laughs) Which sounds great. Perfect. It's just (laughs) the timing was could not have been better on that joke. The timing was absolutely perfect for both of them. And so then Veronica launches in this song about being an invisible girl which again for where veronica is at and what she's feeling this song makes sense however this song is misplaced
1: it comes way too early
0: it does come too early what we needed to have was the shower scene first yes after him ha- like oh yeah we didn't come back after that call and then we get this scene all of the the archie and veronica scenes are are out of out of place they need to be completely reordered but this came too early this needed to come Before she tells Archie that they need to break up. Yes. That's when this needed to come. But her sing's great. See, they're giving her all this business and it works well, but they are rushing it a little bit. It's like they want her to move with every swell of the music. So there's just too much camera work. That I don't like about it. There's
1: just too much emotion immediately revved up when... We needed a whole lot more clue in that that was going to (laughs) happen.
0: Well, see, and that's where this almost would have been better if she, let's say, like her and Archie made a date to go to the fancy Italian restaurants. They keep missing each other. And then she's like, as soon as they sit down, he has to go because there's a fire. And then she's put out and she's leaving the restaurant and singing in the streets angry Mm because it's happened again. Then like the burst of emotion makes sense. Now the song is heated and that's fine, but she needed to build that up. And so that would have been a better way to deliver this song. Like Veronica is the right person to sing this. Love it. But it's just misplaced in the episode. Yep. We uh, get a little timer ding and we head back over to the Cooper house and there's a Mother's Day celebration with Polly and Charles. Okay. And it's going to be good, good, good. (laughs) And it's so cheesy. Of course. But so um, again, it's so well done. The
1: smiling face of her serial killer son.
0: Yep. And uh, then Betty comes in and she's like, what? You know, they're not here, right? And, you know, she sits down and we see Polly just being like, this is ridiculous. Like, just silly Betty. And then Betty pulls out Polly's ashes and you can see it flash on Alice's face. It's like, what, what, what? And you hear Polly say to Alice, "That can't be right. I'm sitting right here. Tell Betty to stop being such a brat. Mhm, which is great. And so they just kind of go back and forth. and Betty's just kind of like, "Hey, Mom, like, why don't we go to the city and see a Broadway show That could be really good for you for both of us." And Alice actually likes this idea. And I think this is a good idea. Like her mom's clinging to music. Okay, let's recreate that day that we had to remember Polly.
1: Do something to ground it, but it's for us now to move forward.
0: But like, this is how we honor her. Like, she's here with us emotionally. She would have loved this too. Like, I'm okay with that. Okay, great. She's trying to do anything to like snap her mom out, like to move her mom slowly out of this thing.
1: The fact that she sets down the ashes and then the blocking is immediately for Charles and Polly to go slightly downtrodden, turn away and walk away from the table.
0: Well, no, it's not until they're continuing to sing. And then the second Betty says, hey, that's when they leave. And you see them leave out of the corner. Oh, yeah. I love so that then when Betty's asking, Polly's not there in the shot anymore, which I love. Like they did such a good job with that stuff.
1: The thing is, with all of these scenes, they fucking staged them. They actually went through the process of staging them. Uh-huh, so that it would work with the music and mm-hmm. do that with every song in this episode.
0: No, but not all of them really needed that.. Yeah. These ones really did to be effective for you to understand that these are figments of Alice's imagination, mm-hmm. And they did a great job. We cut back to the Andrews' house, and Veronica wakes up and she's alone, but she hears the shower going, and she goes into the bathroom. It's like, "I didn't hear you come in last night, Mr. Inferno." oh my God, redacted (laughs) because she sees Jughead doing his teeth and Frank's in the shower and he pulls the curtain aside. It's like, Hey, Jug, give me, you know, give me a loofah, which is hilarious. (laughs) Like you dudes have been alone for too long. I love it. Also, where's Eric? It's a great question. Now, again, this could have been solved with Eric staying at the station. He is on call. Yeah. Easy. Now, I understand why Eric's not in this episode. They filmed this episode last for the whole season. Yeah. Because it takes the biggest amount of time. Totally fair. And so I'm certain that actor couldn't come or he didn't need to be in it. So COVID, get everybody out.
1: But where's Eric?
0: (laughs) At a line. Oh, yeah. Eric's, you know, Eric's staying at the station and Archie stayed with him. So we find out that Archie stayed last night so that the other guys could go home. And he's just like, guys, a prince, right? To which Veronica is just like, and then she's yeah. a little embarrassed because she's wearing like a, a slip nightgown. And I love how she's almost like, did I show too much? And it's like, no, this is like the most you've ever worn. For She's like walking out like, <laughs> which is true. It's her it's her boyfriend's uncle and Jughead, uh, the person she has no sexual feelings for at all.
1: Uh, Camilla's so gifable this whole season. She is very gifable.
0: We cut on over to Thornhill and Cheryl's praying and her mom comes in to be a bitch. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking about, you know, your ministry was fake and it's just in a pathetic attempt of a narcissist to prop herself up. Which, she could be talking about herself there.
1: Uh, she for, for fucking sure is talking about herself.
0: Oh, sure. But Cheryl's just like, shut up. Go away. She's fully wearing her lipstick here. You have to say Madeline Patch knows what show she's in and she knows what her assignment is this episode (laughs) she's fabulous she sings a song you know i've seen this all before you keep doing this over and over again like this is a movie that i've walked out of and she just while she's doing it she's taking her holy water she keeps like splashing it on her mom and then at the end she dumps the whole thing on her mom's face which is great (laughs) and yells toodaloo
1: the fact that they threw a sizzle sound effect Every time she sprinkled the holy water.
0: Yeah, just the tiniest <laughs> little sizzle effect is just hilarious. Oh, uh,
1: so funny. Very Thank cute. god, she needed to do that to her mom for fucking once.
0: The only thing is, she said tootaloo. She hasn't said that in a very long time. And that is a very classic evil Cheryl thing to say. Yeah. It's... So I'm I'm very suspicious.
1: Yeah, well, here's the thing. I hope she doesn't ever go evil again. If she could just go full chaos where it's like, well, we're not sure if she's good or bad. She's just chaos.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, because she's always been chaotic evil.
1: But because of what we're about to trust and trust her with later.
0: Sure. We head on over to the jewelry store and Reggie is practicing for his series exam because he wants to become a licensed stockbroker. And Veronica is like, yeah, I'm here for this. It sounds great. And Reggie is talking about, you know, in five years, I'm going to have the swankiest penthouse in New York and a killer job on the stock exchange. How does that sound? And Veronica's like, that sounds like heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And see, this is a scene that should have come before all this other stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because this is where after Archie and Veronica have discussed, they're going to move into it. It's like, oh, that's the life I actually want. It's true. So we go over to the Cooper house again, and Betty and Alice are getting ready to go. And Betty's talking about how they've got great reservations and their tickets to Moulin Rouge are at Will Call, which is very cool. And uh, she splurged on business class train tickets for them. And Alice is actually really excited. But then we see Polly come down the stairs. And be like, why are there only two tickets? You're gonna leave me behind. Don't leave me, Mom. Betty instantly clocks what's happening. She's like, Mom, whatever this is, it's just a memory. And then we have seen this song about coming closer, and you know, I'm alive. And Tiara does a fabulous job with this too. Then Charles comes along as well, and they they kind of cut in between the song together, and it's great. And then again, we have some amazing blocking. Of Charles and Polly on either side of Alice on the couch, like pulling for her attention. And then Betty sits on the coffee table and is getting in her face and keeps turning her head to her, which is a lovely mirror to what she did when they found Polly in the car Mm -hmm. that she pulled her mom's face away and to look just at her. And so they're doing that and they're all fighting over Alice. And finally, it erupts with Alice yelling at Betty that she's the reason that Polly's dead because you didn't stay. And when you came back, this all started with Polly. Man, it stings. <sighs> and uh, that that hurts Betty, and she gets up and leaves. Mm-hmm.
1: It's painful. It's it hurt. Is. It's also understandable. Totally. Because of all the shit that went down.
0: Sure. She needs to put blame on somebody, and Betty's a safe person to blame. It's that, and it's also
1: just an acknowledgement of feelings that she's been having. Like it is pulling back to reality in the sense of Alice actually voicing the things that she had tried to hold back because she was like, I got to hold it together. And my daughter's here doing everything she can to try to help. But deep down, these feelings were there.
0: That's not factual either. Polly was doing drugs. That too. And doing sex work before Betty got home. And- also, Betty's not responsible for Polly's decisions or making sure Polly doesn't do these things. When Betty came home, it just forced a confrontation about Polly's behavior. Like I say,
1: it's not that it justifies that those feelings. It's just that Alice actually has to acknowledge those as real feelings, sure. which is a pulling her out of this memory dream. Script.
0: Yeah. Well, and Alice is connected. We were fine. And then Betty came home and then Polly disappeared. So it's Betty's fault, which is, again, she's in deep, deep grief. Mm -hmm. That's what you do. You're not thinking rationally or logically. It's just raw emotion. Totally fair and earned. Again, this was so beautifully done. So well, so happy for them. Uh, We cut to Jughead. Jughead. Uh, leaving pops. And Mr. Tate in his Rolls Royce asks to have a word with Jughead in the back of his car. And the second I saw this, I was like, this is like an exact thing that happened with Hiram and Archie. This like he's Hiram Mm -hmm. 2.0 is literally my thought. And Mr. Tate is just being like, my daughter's too good for you. And you're a phase. And Jughead's just like, I like her. So, okay. Tate's just like man to man. She's out of your league. I'm not trying to belittle you. I'm simply being realistic. Do us all a favor and don't show up to the Mother's Day dinner. And Jughead just looks at him and says, you remind me of Hiram Lodge, to which Tate says, I don't know who that is, but please have a swell for the road. In the most dismissive way possible. <laughs> which is very Hiram Lodge. But also, if he grew up in Riverdale, he knows who the fuck Hiram Lodge is. I guarantee you he's doing business with Hiram Lodge (laughs) at the Casino Sacasa. Or a rival of Hiram Lodge. Sure, but he knows who the fuck Hiram Lodge is. (laughs) Which, fabulous complication. I'm here for that.
1: The fact that he says that line, though, I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. Which is great.
0: Which is great.
1: Oh, another mustache twirling villain. (laughs) The (laughs) rumbearing? The other fact is Jughead just goes, okay
0: man whatever i don't give two shits about what you have to say to me which is fair i am not
1: a 17 year old kid in high school anymore go the fuck away i used to be king of
0: the serpents whatever (laughs) (laughs) so we head on over to archie's bedroom and archie's you know just come home and now he's saying i'm sorry i missed dinner again it's like the entire town's on fire all of a sudden I guarantee that's a dropped plot point for later. That's some foreshadowing is someone setting fires in Riverdale. And this conversation is so awkward. And you can tell neither of them wants to have this. Uh uh-uh. Veronica asks if we can talk about our future. And Archie says, that sounds serious. And Veronica is just like, I just don't know where you see us in the next five years. And Archie says, you know, I would never do anything to hold you back from any opportunity. That's a start. (laughs) No, that's true. I mean, that's good. And that's honest. It's like, but in my heart of hearts, I see myself in Riverdale. Is that a deal breaker?
1: The thing about that start is that it's very much an acknowledgement of him going, you clearly are angling at something here.
0: Well, it's that, but it's also... I know you have opportunities outside of this place. Yeah. She always had. That was always her plan. He knows that. But he's, I I appreciate that he's in my heart of hearts. I see myself here. Yeah. Which is fair. And her response is, of course not Archie Kins. I just think it's important for us to have these honest conversations. Which again, is very mature and I appreciate all of that.
1: It is. It's also her saying that line is very slightly ironic it's not that she's intending to be liar about it but it's very much as like you're not being honest with yourself about how you feel
0: she has never connected the dots that if i want to be with archie for the rest of my life i will be in riverdale for the rest of my life yeah no she hasn't that's the deal and that's fine and it also makes a lot of sense veronica's been fantasizing about archie as her escape (laughs) Mm -hmm. and their happy place in the relationship was in Riverdale. And she's never really, as far as we can tell, talked to him about what their life together would look like outside of Riverdale. Because a relationship doesn't exist outside Riverdale. That's just it.
1: Complications.
0: But, and earned complications. I'm okay with this. And I like it. It's natural. Yeah. We go over to the Tang's apartment and we see that Tony's working at her desk in her room. I like that you can see a snake terrarium in the background oh dear god it's very funny and fangs comes in and is just like hey you gotta take a break and she's like i've got to find a place for britta but no one will take her and i've tried group homes, shelters other social works it ain't working and fangs it's like you know i might have a terrible idea
1: (laughs) he even acknowledges this might be a real bad idea but
0: (laughs) but there is one more person you could ask someone with a newfound penchant for helping people which is fair. <laughs> totally fair. I don't I don't hate this, but I I do like that Tony's first response is no, no way. Mm-mm. And Fangs is one of these Cheryl's really changed and any port in a storm, right? Which again, fair. Like it doesn't have to be a permanent solution, but she needs somewhere safe to go.
1: And at the end of the day, as ridiculous as Cheryl is. Cheryl's not going to take on somebody to not try to help them, especially with what we've seen from her at this point.
0: They did the right thing with the conversation Tony has with her later. We'll talk about it when we get there. But I really liked it. Yeah. We cut on over to the music room at school. Kevin's there doing some work and Betty walks in. And I wish we had had more Kevin and Betty this season. Just a little bit just to know that they've been checking in with each other, that they've drank. The only time we really saw them together together was when they were raiding the trucks. And before that, it was their very cute comments like, can we be drinking before we go to karaoke? And they're both like, yes. Yes, we can. Because that's classic Betty and her gay best friend, Kevin. They they
1: suddenly become BFFs like they were before. And I'm like, I really wish y'all had reestablished some of that before we just jumped right in here
0: we could have easily had a little bit more of check-ins a text message we could have had a scene a quick scene with kevin dropping off food at the cooper house
1: well and the other problem for me is that Otherwise this feels like a fucking therapy session. It does. And he's suddenly become her therapist.
0: Uh, it does. Like this this scene doesn't really feel like it makes sense. Kevin's the only person who I really don't like in this episode because they didn't use him and they're they're not they've not been using him which also makes me feel like they're setting him up to be not great, probably a bad guy later
1: or kill him.
0: I mean, think ki- I mean I'm fine if they kill him honestly at this point, especially if season 6 is going to be their last, which is very very likely now.
1: I just mean like, if you'd established that relationship with them, then at least this wouldn't feel like such a fucking emotional dump on
0: Kevin. Sure. But it's just, it's one of those things that it's just, we like Kevin, but yes. you've made him obsolete in so many ways that if you killed him, I don't know that I would care. Not at this point. Yeah. Kevin says, I could have come by her house. No, Kev. Home is bad and it's getting worse. And she's just, she's talking about how. Terrified, she is for her mom, and just keeps staying in this fantasy where everything's perfect, and I'm lost, and so is she. And so they sing this song, and she just kind of says, "Maybe my mom's right, and my fault, and it's my fault that Polly's dead." Kind of like, "No, it's not." And this is another scene that's just going too fast, trying to do too much. And he just he tells her, "You have to commit to helping your mom. So go back and pick up the pieces," which is good. And sweet, but it's not earned with this person. This, honestly, this song should have been sung between her and Jughead.
1: It would have been really
0: good. It would have had the emotional stakes if it had been Betty talking to Jughead. Yeah. Because he understands. Nobody else in this show understands what Alice has been through or witnessed it more than Jughead. It's true. At the end of the song that we also see... Veronica also singing along and Tony also singing along because they're also going through some really big life changes like stuff has happened and they need to face it they need to figure it out so that's good we cut on over to the Italian restaurant and again the Tates are being assholes so horrible and they just keep talking and Tabitha I do like that Tabitha stands up to her dad it's like look if you have something to say say it He's like, okay, you had a wonderful career. You could have worked with me. And I was like, oh, hold on for that. thought my date just showed up. In walks Jughead with this very loud plaid blazer. <laughs> and uh, he pulls a rose out of the arrangement uh, by the entry. And then he brings it to give to Tabitha, which is very cute. Then they start singing, you know, their perfect for you song again. And they and, run away <laughs> and they decide to leave. And then they're in Jughead's room, which is the garage, the Andrew's house.
1: Archie's garage. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And they <laughs> sing. And this scene works a lot better because he's got business to do. For yeah. Cole. Aaron is fabulous. If you haven't been clocking it, yes, Jughead does have his hat pins on his lapel. They keep getting moved to his outfits. The only time I haven't seen them is when he's wearing his pop's uniform. And if he's got them on there, they're hidden really well. But It's always in his other clothes, (laughs) which I love. Thank you very much. It's a lovely way to honor the hat without having the hat. We go back to Thornhill, and Tony is there for TT for tea time, which why did you bring back TT? It's the worst.
1: At least she said it in the appropriate tone, but fuck.
0: That's the worst nickname. Hopefully,
1: this is the last fucking time we say that.
0: Please never say that again, and please don't ever put them back together again because they were toxic AF. No. 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 But this scene, I actually really love. I don't love the dialogue because it's shit. Well, but everything that's being conveyed. is Great. Tony asked Cheryl to take in Britta. It's like, hey, she's got a story that's very similar to yours. Didn't go well when she came out. So I thought if you had the space, maybe you could offer a place to stay." That's where she gets Cheryl is. That's the emotional heartstring? Mm -hmm. It's just like you, Cheryl. Yeah, she needed a place just like Cheryl needed a safe place to be when she was that age. And so Cheryl's like, I'm actually surprised you trust me with such precious cargo. And Mm -hmm. I love that Tony says, I loved you and I felt your love. And I know the huge capacity for love your heart has. And that's what Britta needs. Despite the toxicity of their relationship, I really love the acknowledgement that the love they shared was real. Yes. And for Tony, this is her acknowledging Cheryl's not all evil no, there's so much good in there. And the thing is, Cheryl needs that acknowledged whether or not there are no stakes here between them in a relationship. This is not being said in a way of like, I love you, or I don't want to be with you or any of that bullshit. It's just person to person. I know you have the capacity to love someone Mm -hmm. truly. So this person needs that. And it, you know, we just, we just covered Magnolia on our our movies podcast and reminds me of the characters like I just have so much love to give I don't know where to put it that's a little bit of the problem with Cheryl yeah she does have love to give she doesn't know how to apply it
1: nope not even
0: a little bit it comes out as chaos and evil doings a lot but maybe
1: it'll turn into more chaos but benevolent chaos with Britta
0: fun chaos
1: this is my hope I mean that's the thing is like if they would make that turn.
0: Mm-hmm. It would be fine. Yep, love it. And it wasn't until the scene that I realized that Britta does in fact have red hair. <laughs> it's and it, she's always been wearing a hat, or she's on the football team, or it's braided. So you don't. And it's it's a very light red. So it's just like, huh? Oh yeah, she has red hair. I should have clocked that. That's hilarious, and I love it. I'm here for it. Yep. Secret Blossom. Mm. Adopted Blossom.
1: Chosen Family Blossom.
0: Well, many of the blossoms were adopted because they had this red is hair. True. Uh you know yep then we go back to the andrew's kitchen and archie and veronica are breaking up veronica says in my marriage with chad i felt like i was muted this scene is shot with the most muted of colors with the exception of archie's green sweater and veronica's mustard yellow top
1: but i hate visually almost everything about this scene i'm fine with this scene like it needed to happen But number one, it starts with him on the counter, like him sitting on the stove, like Mm -hmm. they've already been talking for 20 minutes. It's in a dark room. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing is in fucking
0: horror movie Dutch angles, which I'm like, what the fuck? It makes me feel like they weren't in the same room when they shot. (laughs) It's possible. But, like, the way
1: they framed all of that shit it's was bad. so weird. I'm like, it's just a fucking breakup scene.
0: Come on. It, it should have been way more intimate. Essentially, she just feels like she's losing herself with Archie, which is fair.
1: She feels that same feeling she had with Chad. Fortunately, Archie's not going to try to keep her that way.
0: No. Uh, he's like, I'm so sorry I didn't know, it, which is fair. Yeah. And Veronica says, I think we should take a beat until we figure out what we're doing. We shouldn't rush this. And Archie says, maybe we should just go back to dating and having fun like we used to, which is a very sweet idea. It's like, I don't want to stop being with you. Yeah. But maybe moving it like it's that whole, like, maybe we weren't ready to move in with each other. But Veronica says, that's a sweet idea. But we're not in high school anymore. She's ready to move on. Her life does not exist in Riverdale. She'll always come back there but that's not where she wants to be. She liked who she was in New York, apart from Chad. I
1: don't think she's fully ready to say that to Archie in that moment, but I like the whole thing of, we need to take a beat, which is really her more saying, I'm not sure exactly what I want, Mm -hmm. and I don't want to give you any false hope here.
0: (laughs) Veronica is very goal-oriented and driven, and that's not to say Archie isn't. But she has very concrete eyes on the prize things. And Archie has more conceptual goals. There's nothing wrong with either of those. But his, I want to save the town. That's a little vague. But right now, how he's helping work on the town is repairing roads, being a fireman, doing construction to help build back the buildings that we, like, he's doing all of those things. Like, that's how he's contributing to this town that he loves. Like, there's nothing wrong with that either. It's a very abstract goal that he has and he's attacking it in very meaningful ways. This makes sense. I like this. I'm here for this. Just
1: weird filming. A little bit. Weird choices. Weird choices.
0: We go next door to the Cooper house and Alice has come downstairs to see Betty and she's like, what are you doing here? And Betty has taken away the album and the record player. Okay. And she promises to stay in Riverdale and they sing a song And it's very sweet about promises and like recommitting their promises. And Alice's apologizes about the horrible things she said about Polly. She's like, I know it's not your fault. And Betty forgives her. And Alice grabs the ashes and she has this line like, you know, maybe I've been lost. I've lost it at last and I'm dancing with death, I suppose. And this is where we see. Charles and Polly walk down the stairs and walk out the door.
1: Polly in the last outfit we ever saw her. Last in outfit
0: life. we ever saw her. And she's got that little smirk on her face and it's great. And they did that. They sold this so well yeah. at this point. I, I don't, I don't know exactly how all the songs connect, but they're singing next to normal. Mm hmm. And, you know, I don't need a life that's normal, but next to normal would be okay. It's so cute. It's just, it's so appropriate for the journey we've been on with the Cooper family. And the fact that it's like,
1: we will never be normal. If we're going to confront the truth about all of this, yeah. the, part of confronting that is knowing we might not ever be fully okay because of all of the shit that's happened. <laughs> Yeah, Ugh.
0: yeah, it's so good. It gets you, gets you. It really does. And uh, I have to say, I predict that Betty will become the deputy and or sheriff in town if she's truly staying in Riverdale. Oh, sheriff
1: Cooper would be sheriff fun. King
0: deputy Cooper, because Tom's not going anywhere, but she's going to become Deputy Cooper so she can become Detective Cooper. Well, that's what she should be. If she's staying in Riverdale, she can still teach auto shop. And be the sheriff or the deputy. That'd be great. I'm here for this. Still want thing's to be a deputy too. <laughs> then we head over to Pops and it's Kevin and Tabitha and Jughead. And they're like wiping down tables and they're in funeral attire. And they're talking about how they're glad that they did a memorial to bury the ashes. It was really beautiful for everyone to come together. And Jughead quotes Shakespeare. Oh. He holds Tabitha's hand very sweetly. And we see Kevin see this. And you just see Kevin have that pang of,
1: I'm alone. Oh, yeah. With the other half being like, oh, I'm glad for them. But also,
0: Kevin, I'm alone, Keller. That's just, (laughs) yeah.
1: Poor sweet Kevin.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Then we go to the Tang's apartment. And this is rushed. I'm very on board for Tang's to be a relationship. Mm -hmm. I'm here for it. Because, and I will say this was this was well set up in the last episode with the restating that Fangs is bisexual, yep. so that's great. I love that. This is good. We do need some bisexual visibility.
1: Yes, always.
0: that's important. We need a lot of we need a lot of visibility on this show, but I appreciate this one's like, oh, you did that well. <laughs> so fine with this. Tony professed this says that she thinks she's falling in love fangs and fangs says i think i love you too tony which is sweet and of course but it seemed i feel like we needed one more breadcrumb of them like having a near miss or like we needed to see them uh, just like another scene of them caring for the baby together i
1: don't know or
0: something i
1: think it's fine
0: it's a little it's i feel like it's a little rushed
1: it's not as rushed as all of the, the other shit with Veronica nearly mm-hmm. enough. I don't know. If you were going to show this breadcrumb, though, you were going to have to do it like way early on in the season, honestly.
0: No, you could have easily started it when she had the baby. Yeah. You could have had it before then, too, but he was still with Kevin for so much of that. So And then he was with Moose, and he might still be with Moose, but now he's also in love with Tony. So there's all of that. Whatever. But, you know, think it through, people. But I'm here for that relationship. I'm I'm not mad at all. So then we get to Alice is sitting on her couch and she's looking at a photo. And we know it to be the photo of the three girls at the next to normal show. So that's what she's focusing on. And Betty comes in and she's just turned on lights while she's singing the song about light. And then we we cut to our characters and Archie is sitting alone on his couch while Veronica's packing we go back to Betty and she's takes the photo from Alice and she puts it up on the mantle. And then we see Tony and Fangs getting a bottle ready and then feeding Anthony and they kiss. Then we see Veronica leaving Archie's house. And then we see Kevin alone at pops waiting for his food that Tabitha brings as she fills up his coffee cup. We see Cheryl and Britta playing chess and they both sing, which I was, I was waiting to see if Britta was going to sing and she does. She has a lovely voice. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to learn that actress's name because she is going to be important. Yeah. And then we cut to all of them at the graveyard with the headstone, which I was like, why are they, why does she have a headstone? Oh, they buried the ashes. That's why she has a headstone, which is fine. And everyone we've talked to is there and they're singing Penelope or Frank are there. And there's one thing that was weird to me is that when when they cut from Alice to the group shot, including the twins, Cole is standing with his arms crossed and then as the camera starts to move away from them, he puts his arms very deliberately by his side and he is not singing. He's not singing at all at the graveyard, which I found interesting. I don't know why. You think they're going to kill Jughead? No. Yeah, okay. He has to write the book about all of this to put him back uh, on, on top. Right. That's Jughead's going to write about this whole thing.
1: And that's going to be the book he was writing all along. Meh.
0: About that, but that will be a book he's written because all of these chapters could theoretically be Jughead's book. Mm -hmm. We've that's that's been a long standing thing since the beginning, but he's not always the narrator, and there's times where he's not narrating at all, so there's all of that. We pull out, and the last shot is of the actual photo of them at the show. Oh, it was a good episode.
1: I, I never want to see them not do shit again and pull it out because you can fucking do it.
0: When you plan for it, they do it. The problem is they don't make their plan and they don't need more than 16 episodes. They really should be 13, but I understand you need some room. Take it to 16. That's it's fine. the it's a
1: CW and like you're going to have to do a 16 order, but that's enough. Yeah. It's fucking enough, man. Mm-hmm. And so that leads us into
0: a finale, our season finale for season five, which feels so weird because we are only getting a month off before we go into season six.
1: The schedule for this just feels bonkers. But you know what? At this point, who fucking knows? Like, who knows?
0: But, you know, we'll definitely be back for that. Um, We've made it this far. We have We've committed.
1: Um, (laughs) Yeah, we got to figure out what's going on in this finale, don't we?
0: Yeah, let's go. Let's go check it out. Okay. Well, it's Riverdale R.I.P. question mark is the title of next week. <laughs> 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 so Pops is getting firebombed, which I love because uh I called it that. Fires being set was going to be a thing. Yep. Uh, Cheryl's getting burned at a stake because of some curse. Dream. It could be a dream, but it could also be her attempt to rid herself of this curse and prove that she's the one true blossom or whatever.
1: Possible. Both are possible. But this is not something that, like, the town
0: has burned her at this thing. No, she's not being burned at the stake by the town. No, this, this will be a self-imposed burning, I believe. Uh, <laughs> or it's the TBK, which we do see everybody's kissing veggie veggie which i am a hard veggie shipper and then we see barchie which okay so i've i've talked about an unplanned pregnancy so now that archie and veronica have broken up now i think it's Veronica's going to be pregnant but she will have slept with three men very close together and we have a mama mia situation oh my god they're gonna do mama mia's musical next year.
1: Mamma Mia, but one of them's dead,
0: but comes back. (laughs) Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He will come back. Oh, that leads me to a big spoiler for season six. Anyways. um, We'll lay it on us. Okay. We're in the spoilery section. So if you do not want to hear this mega spoiler, Nick St. Clair is coming back in season six. Oh, for fuck's sake. I love that actor. (laughs) So I am here for it. This is going to be interesting.
1: (sighs) We should have killed that motherfucker. You know Hiram's the one who's bringing him back. That's got to be what happens here. Yeah, it's for
0: money. It's because it's It's investment money for sure.
1: Well, and it's the perfect, it's the perfect Hiram way to get back at his daughter.
0: Sure. Uh, apparently, people want justice in this uh, this final episode. I think they're gonna go knock on Hiram's door. I don't know. I really hope they kill Hiram. That would be great.
1: Shit's going down.
0: So, but okay, back to unplanned pregnancy. And that will complicate the Betty and Archie. But I think Betty and Archie are going to get together to uh, just for friends with benefits because Betty just lost her sister. Archie just lost his lady and things are stressful. So they're just going to hook up and then they're like Archie's going to catch feelings because previously before this happened, Archie had never had those feelings expressed in universe. He'd had romantic I'm in love with you feelings for Betty.
1: Yeah. And and he'd and it was always Veronica.
0: It's his fucking turn to be in love with Betty. Betty's going to stay in Riverdale. Betty wants a life here. Betty knows me better than anyone. I love her. Now I know I am in love with her.
1: But will Betty want to be with Archie?
0: She has to tell him all of her darkness. Oh, no. As far as we know, she's told nobody about the TPK. Yeah. Ooh, what if she tells Archie? What if Archie's the first person she tells? I would be okay with that. I previously wanted her to talk to Jughead, but I would be okay if she's fucking Archie and she tells him.
1: Well, but especially because Archie... Savior Complex. ...understands death and trauma.
0: He definitely does now. Mm-hmm. So Archie's definitely in a more mature place to support Betty with that.
1: Here's the thing. If Barchie winds up together and becomes... The and new end game. game, great, fantastic. Our end
0: game, fuck Varchi. It's all about Varchi. <laughs> Until next time. Hashtag Bulldogs, Bulldogs forever. to review and rate us on iTunes Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations you can email us at Macintosh and at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.